Hey, folks, if you've been listening to the EGOT podcast from its inception, you know who's been with us from the start. That's Gabe Winslow at 832-557-1095. He is a fantastic mortgage broker and a great partner for your financial needs. Kevin, when you go through life, do you like to have just one option or many options? Oh, that's an easy one. Many options. Many options. Yeah, it's funny how that works. It is funny how that works because optionality is key in setting up your financial future and certainly is key if you're getting a home mortgage. Yeah. Why do I mention that for Gabe? Well, Gabe is a private mortgage broker with the ability to access a dip- hundred different lenders. You know what happens when you go to your big regional bank, like, I don't know, Bank of America, Chase, Citigroup. Do you know how many options you get? Uh, one. And do you know how many times you interact with the person assigned to you? Never. Almost never, because they're rolling in around 9.30, checking their email, playing around a little, taking a nice hour and a half lunch. and they're out It's of their a good own. gig for them. It's a good gig for them. <laughs> Not such a great gig for you if you're worried about closing on time efficiently with the best possible rate. That's what you're going to get from Gabe at 832-557-1095. Let him use optionality in your favor and in your best interest. Give that guy a call. Do yourself a big favor. Welcome to a special Emergence SEC podcast. Did you did you see what I did there, Kevin? Yeah, I did. I, I did I see tried. that. It was unsuccessful, but it, did you see what I tried? Yeah. No, I did. Uh, uh, well done, Paul. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Pogna. Uh, Folks, the Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast, it just means more. And so does the SEC. We're not talking about the Securities and Exchange Commission, Kevin. We, and by we, I mean the Texas Longhorns, the school that we know, we love, we worship, that frustrates us, that angers us, that humiliates us, that it gives us more joy and passion than anything that we know other than our family and maybe a cooking show for Kevin. <laughs> Texas Longhorns are going to be in the SEC. They what are. What do you think, buddy? Um, wow. It's been a crazy couple days, and we obviously on the show hit it. I heard you on with Chad and Trey. And if people knew the depth that we had to get to just to get this thing on the air, nothing's working in in this station. And so we tried to do this yesterday. Didn't think we're going to do it this morning because stuff wasn't working. But I'm glad we're able to talk about this because if there's ever a time for us to push through, it's right now. And the Longhorns kind of pushing through to that next level or that next step in college athletics. And it's, it's so weird because we talked about this randomly a month ago and we agreed that there, there's no ideal situation. So you could say that there's five things on the table. Pac 12s out though. So four things on the table. Do you want to go independent? Do you want to do that? Notre Dame is in the big 10 in hockey ACC and all the other sports and independent in football and Texas could pull that off but go ahead and and make the right move so now we're talking Big Ten ACC SEC I think this was the best decision to make not ideal and the pros are incredibly high so are the cons I think the pros and the cons are the highest with the SEC and we'll see how this plays out over the next 10, 15, 20, 40 years, whatever it is. But this has been pretty fun and cool to cover and just be around. I think the biggest surprise for me, and we'll get into a lot of this stuff, how did they keep this quiet for so long? Uh, Kevin, look, this the fact that we got this podcast up 
with the technical issues we had proves that the, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And Texas proved, which I've been arguing for years, that the contract is meaningless the minute Texas speaks it into existence. Meaning, if Texas just decides they don't want to be part of the Big 12, the contract almost doesn't matter. Because it makes every man for himself, and it all just dissolves and shatters. You're already seeing that happening. Now, to answer your question, it's one of the greatest feats of op operational security yep. I've ever seen in my life. The U.S. federal government could not aspire. To, the CIA is not capable of this level of OPSEC. I don't know how it happened. There's the great Benjamin Franklin affirmation. Yeah, right. How did the University of Texas, Oklahoma, 13 SEC schools, and the SEC commissioner's office have talks for at least six months? I know for a fact. I know for a fact it has been at least six months. Some say it's been up to a year. How is it possible that Texas A&M didn't find out, which is the funniest part of all this? Yes. And how is it possible that this didn't leak? I, I, am, I am impressed. I am shocked. And it's making me revisit my uh, conspiracy theory uh, sort of poo-pooing, which often is – hey, no one can really keep a deep, dark secret for that long, that well, if there's enough parties involved. Now I'm having to rethink it, Kevin. Now I'm going to have to Now I'm gonna have to look at this Pruder film one more time. <laughs> but I tell you what, Texas and their partners in this little heist, I've never seen that level of operational security in my life, and I, I want to know how it happened and how it's even possible. It is impressive, and I have no idea. I mean, I, I think that would have leaked. Obviously, A&M's the one who leaked it because they found out really late. They found out right before we did, pretty much. And the fact that they've been working on this and talking, uh, it kind of it, it brings hope to operational security like you talked about. Yeah, this is CIA, I mean, CIA couldn't have pulled this off. Yeah, no, there's no question. I mean, there's no question. Russian mafia, I mean, probably. Maybe, but you know what? There's Sammy the Bull of Gravano. Everybody turns. Everybody, you know, Omerta, it's not 1946, Kevin. <laughs> We're not in the old country. Things have changed. And with social media, with leaks, with agendized folks uh, wanting to, to get their, their stuff out. I mean, ultimately, this only was revealed because of a Texas A&M leak when they finally found out. Yeah. So, but it's, it, it's a amazing pains. Our dining rooms are open for meetups and wind downs. Hey, Kevin, you just went away, buddy. I know. No, nothing is working here. So we, we should be good right now. The um, the Big 12's trying to make a last-ditch effort. The ACC, with a new commissioner, year one, reached out. All this is, is way too late because of what we just said. This has been going on for at least six months and the plans are are in place, and the money, even though it sounds very big for Texas with Grana rights and and Oklahoma and, and having to get out of it, it's it's going to happen. How quickly does it happen? Is are Texas and Oklahoma playing an SEC schedule next year? I'd say the odds favor that. I wouldn't say it's ninety percent. I'd say it's right now it's about 55 or 60. We'll talk about that a little bit more in depth maybe later as we handicap the odds of other Big 12 teams finding landing spots, or, or soft landing spots, I should say, uh, or at least somewhat desirable landing spots. And I think when we examine that, people will realize 
just how crappy the conference is. Yeah. Because there's really one other school that has a guaranteed landing spot somewhere desirable. And the rest, eh, it's kind of a little iffy proposition. So we can go down, we'll go down that list in a little bit. I think one of the things that was interesting, Kevin, is the Big 12 had a emergency conference call with all of the key players, uh, excluding OU and Texas. <laughs> and uh, Which they, the things that- they, they were going to be a part of that initially, and I started laughing. I thought, hey, you know, if you're doing an intervention, don't invite the two people that you're going to be intervening with and or, that are the subject of the intervention to to plan the intervention. <laughs> no, no. I think the whole idea of an intervention is you surprise them, right? <laughs> yes. But, uh, there's, been so, there's been so many surprises that are delicious over the last 96 hours that that was not one of them. But yeah, so what happened is they got on that call and, and of course, immediately all that leaked. And of course, you heard these idiots who still don't get it, who are mad at Texas, right? Mad at their bullying I wrote a piece about Texas and their bullying on Inside Texas, and I think it got a very favorable response, which I basically point out that we've been we've done none of the bullying that people actually attribute to us. And in fact, I'm not aware of any bully who goes and distributes money every day to the weaker kids yeah, and then allows the weaker kids to slap them in the back of the head and bitch about how they dis- d- dispense that money. But, yeah, you no. know, that's just me. No, so, well, I, I essentially said the same thing on the radio, I guess, on Tuesday, and I think you and I talked about that a little bit, so I'm glad you ripped my idea and then wrote it on Inside Texas. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, lo- like a lot of things, we're like-minded on that. To suck on the teat, You know, not many people suck on the teat and then kick their mom in the ovaries as they're doing it. And it's ridiculous. You know what? Screw off. Screw off. I don't care where you end up. You you know, if if you're going to if you're going to have that type of behavior. And and here's the other thing. I'm all good. I'm not all good with it because I'm a Texas fan, but I completely respect and none of this is stemming from the fact that Iowa State and TCU and, and Oklahoma State and these programs have beaten up on Texas on the field the last 10 years. That's what you should do, and that, that's what makes a good conference. And I've got nothing but respect for you on that. I don't care about the horns down. You and I mock Texas for the things they should be mocked for all the time. That's good. That, no problem at all. My issue is the straight-up hate for the university as you are sucking on said teat. You are living under our roof. You're 35 years old, (laughs) and we give you an allowance. Right. And you're at the dinner table eating the food we provided, bitching about the mashed potatoes, whining (laughs) about the steak, and crying about the fact that you can't get by on 150k a year that we give you. Right. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Take the corn cob on that plate, roll it in glue, roll it in broken glass, roll that in razor blades and stick it up your ass. <laughs> Ouch. How about that? Yeah. No, that's you and I are on the same page with that and it, it just got it got to be a little bit too much and then all of a sudden once all this breaks, it's like, you know, it's all only about self-interest and all you do is care about yourself. You know what? Maybe you should have shut your effing mouth whenever you were doing exactly what you just said. And, and you, 
You brought nothing to the table monetarily, yet you love to rip on this school. And then once the school says, you know what, we're going to do what's best for us, then you lose it again. Uh, I, I'm not going to miss this conference or its members at all. I don't care you what are, I don't care what the hell happens to them. You are Remora's bitching about the shark. <laughs> yes. Shut up. The shark is providing all your meals, your shelter, your security, your safety. The shark is swimming away, and now you're crying because you see the barracudas circling. Yep. Suck it. Anyway, I know that's a nice, gracious take from me and Kevin <laughs> with regards to our Big 12 brethren. One thing. I, that that wasn't petulant at all. No. Well, you know what? I, I, I like a good. I like, I like to be above it all most of the time, but every now and then I'll, I'll get in the mire. I don't mind. Yeah. Um, but hey, some of the Big 12 schools did wake up because this is a wake-up call. It is a harsh slap across your face. It's a cold water on your face in the morning of reality. And Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and my understanding is maybe TCU floated a proposition saying, hey, is there a chance that we, if we floated one and a half shares to Texas and OU, meaning yep. they go from a $37 million payout to $56 million immediately, could we stave this off, right? Now, I will say this, at least those schools are operating in the realm of reality. So I, I do at least appreciate that people will meet reality on reality's terms when reality sticks it in their face. However, it's too late. The hay's out of the barn. And speaking of a school facing reality and dealing with reality on its own face, sometimes the Texas A&M Aggies struggle with that a little bit, Kevin. Have they uh, handled this with great aplomb and grace? Oh, it's been fantastic. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's been awesome. I mean, I just love that the burn comes out and – so, so we didn't, you know, I guess this broke on Tuesday and I'm on the air and, and I said, and I got a, I got a little bit of shit from Aggies, but I said, look, this has been their identity because their identity has not been winning on the field or court the last 100 years. We know that. And as I'm getting shit, I didn't realize what Byrne was saying at the time at SEC media days. And I get home that night and I read essentially everything that he just said or I just said right there which was this is our identity like what a loser take to to admit that I appreciate the admission because I think it's real but all of this has been fantastic and it's kind of answered that question of look I think A&M would have beaten Texas most of the time on the football field the last 10 years but the fact that who's trying to avoid who I think we found out yeah I don't even know if I agree with that take I mean, A&M had a great year last year, but... Yeah, whatever. They they both sucked for the most part. I, I was thinking Manziel and then last year, but yeah, the last 10 years, both, they haven't been nationally relevant. Well, I got to say, in fairness, I do know some very sharp, very cool Aggies who, who love being Aggies. You know, they're not true two percenters or indifferent, but they also... Look, they're embarrassed right now. Yeah. Okay? They are. And they Understandably so. Uh, I know, I know our, our pal Chad Hastings is not, I, I don't think he's really proud of how A&M's reacted over the last 72 hours. No. Here's what you do if you're Texas A&M. Okay. You, vo you, you vote. It, yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was about to say, you better vote. Yes. Try and save as much face as possible. You vote. Yes, exactly. You say, welcome to the Thunderdome, grab your chainsaw and get your anus ready. 
Right. Okay. You're entering the big boy league. Once they knew it was inevitable, and you know that's inevitable within the first 15 minutes of straw polling your fellow SEC schools and realizing that they've been, they knew about this affair for a year and didn't tell you, right? Your, yeah. your, your brothers and sisters in the SEC. Once you realize it's inevitable, and it is, you say this. We're glad that Texas is following the trail we blazed a, 10 years ago. Yep. We'll see you on the field. I think you're going to find it's a very different league, and we hope you find more success in it than you did in the Big 12. You just nailed it. They, I, I don't think they're going to go that route, and we're still going to have these 72 hours to look back on. I mean, y- you, can, you can always apologize to her after the fact, but she heard what you said two days ago. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Well, I do. I will say to A&M's credit, I think a couple of adults intervened and ended this little child parade of petulance and exasperation and tantrums and threats. <laughs> and we're going to pass a bill and you can't you can't come here. Only we can be here. We were promised we're the only Texas school. Here's the great thing, Kevin. I have it on pretty good authority that A&M basically called the, the SEC commissioner and the other ADs, and said, this is a betrayal. And by the way, it is. It is a betrayal. <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. By the way, welcome, and, welcome to the SEC. It's also with a commissioner who's not alive anymore, and it was a handshake agreement 10 years ago. That's exactly right. And there's nothing on paper, not that the paper counts for much, as we're going to find out soon at the grant of rights for the Big 12, but they basically were betrayed, at least their understanding of things. And what the SEC members did was shrug and say, new shit has come to light. Yep. And we are going to pursue this new world of contract bidding that's going to be not about ESPN versus NBC or CBS or whatever. Actually, which one of those does ESPN? Uh, uh, SEC. Hold on. Which one is which now? Sorry. Sorry. What network is ESPN subsidiary to? Um, ESPN is SEC. Oh, okay. No, sorry. I, I meant, I, I meant, uh, TV, ABC, NBC, CBS. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. The point is it's not going to be traditional cable box bidding. No, it's going to be streaming bidding. Yep. It's going to be Amazon. Yep. It's going to be Apple. It's going to be Hulu. It's going to be Amazon. It's going to be Google potential. I mean, all sorts of things yeah. could happen with live sports. So, I think, by the way, I think that, I think that is a future, Paul. I do think, especially with the tech money, that that's going to be where a lot of this is, is, is broadcasted. Netflix understands, and we can get into the business aspect in a second. Um, They understand the power of new users and they understand the power of live sports. These people are very, very sharp in terms of understanding the monetization of a pair of eyes and not all pairs of eyes are created equal and college football fans, pairs of eyes are actually very, very valuable. So that's something we can talk about that's you know, hit the business aspect. But once A&M realized it was inevitable, you need to basically say, we embrace it. We're going to vote yes. Bring it on, Texas. You're in for a wake-up call. Right. Now, whether that's true or not, that should be your public stance. It shouldn't be public crying. It shouldn't be <laughs> weeping. It shouldn't be wringing your hands. And, We've been betrayed. Uh, I mean, it's terrible. Uh, now, uh, and now, hold on. The funny thing, too, is I love – this is a couple of days ago, really, but we're trying to rehash all this. So, you know, 
you know, JoJo, the woman you were with, who was just kind of, you know, you're a better looking guy than that. And she wasn't, you're, she just wasn't a good fit for you. And I was unimpressed. Usually the women you're with are awesome. And then Jennifer Lopez knocked on your door and you didn't kick her out. I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? The fact that AM didn't realize that if they were going to put up a fight on this, that the SEC would not kick their ass out of the conference right away to get Texas and Oklahoma made me laugh. Now, I, I knew it was never going to get to that spot, but when they're holding, when they're picking, you know, a fight here, I'm thinking, do you realize what the SEC thinks of you compared to these two programs coming in? Well, so Kevin, I'm so glad I, I buried the lead there. I got off on a side tangent because there's so many interesting angles yeah. to hit. I have it on good authority that A&M confronted the SEC, and the SEC shrugged and said, "This is the best thing for us." And A&M said, "We're gonna blah, we're gonna." And the SEC said, "Take it or leave it." Yep, there it like, is. There's the door. Yeah. And A&M just released a statement through their school president, Catherine Banks, saying, "Oh, M. Catherine Banks. You know, someone's a serious academic if they have an initial <laughs> as their first name." Uh. With no the, period after the end. With just like Easy E, we know he's an <laughs> The last few days have been challenging in many ways. Hey guys, this is a conference sports Ch- affiliation. Challenging. Okay, no one died. Right. Cha- and I What's been challenging? That, I recognize that change in college athletics often is unsettling for those who love their institutions. Oh, Rest up. assured, shut the up, chancellor, our athletic director, and I. And everyone involved in this matter are focused solely on what is best for Texas A&M University. Since 2011, we've been a proud member of the best intercollegiate athletic conference in history. And we look forward to continued success in our SEC partnership for many years to come. So the Aggies have grown up. (laughs) They've reeled it back in. And now they're reading off the script. They're on the same hymnal as everybody else. But holy cow, the last 72 hours were funny and awesome. (laughs) It really was. It it just... I just need, you know, reminders of, of kind of who they are. And Texas gives those reminders, too. I mean, I know there are Aggies that will see Texas stuff or statements or how they deal with certain situations and laugh and go, that's Texas. And that's the mocking that I was talking about earlier. Of course. Because we're adults and we can mock ourselves, and we can, which we do on this uh, podcast all the time, and we can mock our institution and things that we love. You can mock your own family, right? But A&M just, just revealed again. It had been a little while for me. Just revealed exactly who they are and what we've known they've been our whole life. There was a big push after 2011. And by the way, proud of the Aggies for making the run. I wish we'd done it with them, right? Mm. Yeah. 2011? I've been wanting out of the Big 12 since the writing was on the wall. I've been and, I, I've wanted out of the Big 12 too, but I'm not acting like I, I got the best Christmas gift ever. I don't think there's a ideal situation. I stand by that. And and if you think the SEC is, I don't think you're looking through everything. I mean, it's it's the best choice, but it's not ideal at all. Well, here's the thing. Perfect is the enemy of good. Always. Yeah. And if you're there is no perfect situation, you're hundred percent right. My point has always been anywhere but here. Yeah. So people are like, and I'm with you on that. The ACC, and I'm like anywhere but here. Right. That's my first response. Yeah. And then I'll break down the permutations of each conference, and I can extol the virtues of the Big Ten and the SEC and the ACC and 
how a new uh, how about a new super conference where you take the best of the Pac-12 with the best of the Big 12 and hey anywhere but here we can't stay here right the water is poison the well's got a donkey in it the 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 crops are dying it's the dust bowl okay got to go yep pack up head out which, new horizons which, don't which, care which both of us said a month ago and if you really want to find out what's going to happen in the future in life listen to this podcast and that's right and a month You're, later something's going to happen well and it's not just us kevin if you'll recall our two texas to the sec conversation was prompted by one of our brilliant listeners yeah and a mailbag question yep that's exactly what it was i was thinking the same thing i i i said on the air i go paul and i talked about this a month ago you and i usually have we've been doing this forever um we're obviously likable uh and so we but we have we have connections and we don't rat on those sources so we don't give sources and if they tell us not to even hint at it we won't and i think that's how we get stuff i didn't have anything on this man i mean i had no idea when we talked about that that was strictly the mailbag that kind of brought that up right because i had people ask me hey you and or paul knew something i'm like i didn't maybe you did I, i so i've heard the barest of hints and it's no different than the low-level static and noise you hear all the time yeah, about it, something. Yes, same thing here. Now, you and I both knew we had new leadership, and these two guys, Hartzell and Eltife, they're not screwing around. Right. And we also knew, because I've had people ask me, but the, the, the TV deal is up in 2025. First off, you have to give 18 months. All this is done usually four to five years ahead of time in terms of planning, talking, and negotiating. Well, not just that. If you want to dissolve a contract, you first of all say, you know, how do you get a divorce? You inform your partner you want a divorce. Right. Okay? That's how you start it. You start the wheels in motion. You get things moving. And in this case, Texas doesn't have any kids with the Big 12. Okay? Thank God. And A&M found out that they don't have any kids with the SEC. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because they're more than happy to bring the hot new girl out to live in the pool house while a <laughs> and lives in, in the third bedroom, right? Uh, I, I just think this is hilarious. Uh, there's so many angles to hit. Here is one thing I do want to say. We, gotta, we do urge in this podcast, you got to be able to keep two ideas in your head at the same time. Yep. Uh, te- uh, Kevin and I express no fondness for our Big 12 brethren and how they've whined and acted over the last few years when we paid their bills. Here's what I want you to do now. I want you to shift that mindset and hope and cross your fingers for four other schools in the Big 12 to go out and find a soft landing as quickly as possible. Yeah, and so, look, the petulant take I had earlier, and and you and I, I think we just we try as much as we can to be above stuff especially childish petulant takes like like uh like you could certainly claim ours were earlier those were genuine feelings though and and also i know both of us we if you feel like you're being taken advantage of or not appreciated the irish side in me will get pissed off pretty quickly i'm a generous person but i don't like to as i said have some be giving something and then also be kicked in my one ball as you know, <laughs> as as I am helping someone out. Um, with that said, 
so I don't necessarily care what happens to him. And there is a part of me, <laughs> once again, that's very childish, that is saying, I hope you get hit, and I, I, I hope you have to deal with some shit. I kind of know what you're talking about. And at the end of the day, I've got friends that are almost all over the Big 12. And for this to end and end in a good way, hopefully they will find some landings and some soft landings. And I don't think all of them will, but I think most will. I think, first of all, that's a nice sentiment. That's not what I was actually talking about. Sorry about that. No, I appreciate it. I'm still petty. So what I'm actually saying is for our best cynical self-interest, we want the grant of rights dissolved when six out of 10 of the Big 12 members decide they want to dissolve it. Gotcha, gotcha. The second piece is Baylor and TCU. (laughs) Good luck. Baylor is about to find out how toxic they are. Yeah, no, they are. And, and, And their reputation and their past, which has not been totally dealt with, is gonna come full head now. Well, they're going to find out that uh, not all conference breakups are done with consent. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Really, Paul? Yeah. Well, what can you say? <laughs> That's Baylor. They've earned it. Hey, hey TCU, though. TCU, though. What? So, TCU is – is look, my I've got a niece who's a junior there. My sister works there. And TCU, in the 10 years since they've joined a Power Five, it's been relatively impressive for that small of a school. It won't shock me if TCU ends up in a Pac-12 because there's going to be a knee-jerk reaction, and all of a sudden the Pac-12 and the Big Ten that always thought very highly of themselves academically, and understandably so, um, and there's some really damn good schools there, that that has really shifted, and I think you're going to see both those schools. We've already seen the Big Ten and the Pac-12, but certainly the Big Ten do this. The Big Ten thinks the most highly of themselves and have for a long time. They're going to take some – take some people that academically they would have laughed at 10 years ago well so so let's just go through it very quickly kansas they're gonna be in the big 10 they're gonna be it's, the it's yeah it's over there's no problem yeah yeah no i know but kansas is also not as big a brand as people in the big 12 or kansas thinks okay they bring nothing to the table in football it's a top five basketball program all time it's a good school i mean it's a school uh so the Big Ten, Kansas has wanted to be in the Big Ten for 80 years, and that gets back to my point how things have changed now, and the Big Ten will accept them because you better grab as many cherries as you can, and that's a big enough cherry to grab. Yeah, I and mean, the, the thing about Kansas basketball that's important to delineate, people say, well, Baylor just won the national title. Well, yeah, they did win the national title. They also beat who? Gonzaga? What conference is Gonzaga in? Oh, uh, WCC? That's it. There you go. Can you play good basketball in a minor conference? Yeah. You you bet. Yeah. So the what conference is, is Cal State Fullerton in in baseball? Uh, exactly. I have no idea. I think it's West Coast Conference. Same thing. Exactly. Uh, but the bigger point is Kansas monetizes their basketball. Yep. Kansas has a national brand. Baylor does not. It's wonderful that Baylor got a title. More power to him. That was a good basketball team. Okay. It was fun to watch them. It was. But doesn't mean anything because they're not monetizable at the level of a Kansas, a Kentucky, a North Carolina, a Duke. It's a very short list of monetizable national brand collegiate basketball. That's Kansas. That's why they're a shoe in for the big 10. After that, 
it gets rocky for the Big 12, and that's where we have to root for some of these teams, not because we care about them, but because it helps our interests if you want to be playing in the SEC in 2022. So Oklahoma State, good commitment to football, good commitment to athletics in general, uh, in no small part because of one man, T. Boone Pickens. Mm -hmm. That said, not an AAU member. That has traditionally been a litmus test for the Big Ten for inclusion to that league. Nebraska, people forget, was an AAU member when they were brought in. They then lost that accreditation. And there was serious discussion among the Big Ten eggheads about kicking them out. Yeah. Yeah. So will the Big Ten waive that accreditation for uh, Oklahoma State, or will they balance out Kansas with Iowa State? Now, what I would argue is— I think they're going to balance it out with Iowa State. I think Oklahoma State goes to the Pac-12. I think you're right. I, I think – so look, if we can get Kansas and Iowa State placed with the Big Ten, wonderful. Four down. Hold on, hold on. Just give me a sec here. <laughs> the Big Ten's going to take Iowa State. I, I mean, know. If yeah. I would have told you that throughout our whole lifetime, man, if 10-year-old Kevin would have said that to Paul, 20-year-old Kevin, 30-year-old Kevin, you would have laughed me out of the room and understandably so. You'd be well, like, this guy, this guy doesn't know shit about sports. Well, we're, we're entering at a phase where some of these conferences, it's musical chairs. Yeah. And, and what's available is not always a big, comfy Adirondack chair at the end of a dock in Lake Tahoe looking at the sunset. <laughs> what's available is a three-legged stool in the county jail. And you're just, <laughs> you're just trying to grab a chair, man. You're just happy to be able to sit. You're just happy to be sitting, okay? And you know it's it's a it's an outhouse in Nepal on on a trail <laughs> uh, full of uh, lice infested backpackers, right? Mm. You're just happy to be sitting down on the toilet. So yeah, I think that's where the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to find themselves. You ever had the that? Pac-12 is always a day late at a dollar short. So it wouldn't shock me if they were dumb enough to add a TCU. To me, they want to get Oklahoma State, maybe even Texas Tech. I still don't think they're terribly appealing, but at least they they uh, like suggest activity, right? Yeah. At least it suggests like we're trying to do something. And so yeah, look, Iowa State. Let's remember Matt Campbell as as wonderful a job as he's done. And if you listen to our ranking the Big Twelve coaches podcast, Kevin and I hold Matt Campbell in high regard. Very much so. If if, if, said, if if Matt Campbell's an NFL head coach in two years, you and I would shake our head and nod and go. Good hire. Yep, sounds about right. You know, if he's coaching the Minnesota Vikings or the Chicago Bears, it, it would not surprise us. But Or if he takes over for Jim Harbaugh in a year. There you go. That's the thing. Their whole football program is predicated on one guy. They, they've won nine games in their, in their school history three times. Yeah. Okay? Th this, is a, <laughs> this is a shaky house of cards. And – if Iowa State can parlay that into big conference ad admission, the way TCU parlayed their Matt Campbell, Gary Patterson, into Big 12 admission, more power to them. At this point, we need other conferences overlooking those weak spots. And yeah. frankly, I'm not going to be writing any articles about how Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Iowa State really don't offer that much. I'm going to be saying these are obvious choices. Of course, you'd be a fool not to, to add them. So you're gonna lie to your readers? You no, my readers get it. You have built you have built your reputation. You have built your reputation on being real, being honest, being smart, 
and you're gonna sucker these people. Now I I know what you're saying. Um, it, look, I I can totally see some of its knee jerk reaction, but with that knee jerk reaction, you're gonna see people reaching. Um, Paul, did you, were you ever? like at 1.50 in the morning on 6th Street and really horny and just thought, you know what, uh, I'm I'm going after a 4 or 5. I don't care. Well, I, I think I wrote I wrote a, an article on Inside Texas breaking down the different options in the Big 12, and unfortunately I was too honest. Uh, I now have, I'm since going to engage in subterfuge and OPSEC <laughs> the, way, the way Texas did with the SEC. But uh, I basically said that Iowa State and West Virginia, it's – it's closing time, and there are five and a half with a decent personality. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's time to and, make a choice. And a nose ring. And a, <laughs> and a nose ring. I mean, you think and about not that. In like a, not in like a cool ethnic way, but in like I'm trying too hard kind of way. Yeah, which means that there may be some some freak in the sheets there. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to ascribe that to West Virginia or Iowa State, <laughs> but hey, man. Uh, there's more meat and potatoes there hey, than freaking the sheets. I, w- I was thinking more Texas Tech, and obviously, oh, yeah, no doubt about yeah. that. And obviously Baylor. Uh, so hey, uh, so so with, with with all that, hey, you had one earlier. I can get one in there right now. So I, I do think that I could I could absolutely see the Pac-12, not the Big Ten as much, but the Pac-12, maybe the ACC, saying, hey, look. We need we need a footprint in Texas, and there's just not much left. So I could see, even going all the way to Baylor, I do think Baylor and what has not been really settled or answered with the whole rape stuff is is really going to hurt them. They're in Waco, as we've talked about. TCU is the equivalent of Rutgers going to the Big Ten, but they did get into the Big Ten, and Rutgers brings nothing to the table. It's a good school, but they're not bringing the New York market. I do think you can probably play with the DFW market. Fort Worth is growing pretty much at the rate that Vegas and Austin have been. I mean, it, it is exploding. You don't get the Dallas market, but I can see TCU, Tech, Oklahoma State. I can see them going to the Pac-12. I can see the Pac-12 being interested, saying, look, the two biggest dogs in Texas are gone, Texas and Texas A&M. We need to get into the state of Texas, which is only growing, and make sure that in 10, 15 years, we've got three or four schools from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So look, the, the reality, as you said, is that you know who delivers DFW TV sets? Texas and Texas A&M. And you know who's third? Um, I would think Tech. OU. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Oh, yeah, I, I was thinking Texas schools. Yeah, OU would be there. I mean, Tech has a lot, a lot of alum. Tech has a lot of alums all over the place. Texas Tech is going to find a landing spot, and my guess is it's going to be Pac-12. I think they will, and it's it's kind of like have, have you seen the movie Pulp Fiction? I yes, I've seen Pulp Fiction multiple. Hey, don't times. you get that way? With I me. know you're, you're right. You know what? Movies in your life. You know what? It's fair. It's fair. But yes, I've seen it. Classic, great movie. Amazing movie, and there's a part where they've had to clean up. After killing a guy accidentally, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. John Travolta. Yep. They're sitting in that diner. Yeah. And then, of course, the two Brits decide they're going to do a robbery. And Samuel L. Jackson uh, basically owns that guy, pulls a gun on him, and then explains to him, you seem to have caught me in a transitional period, so <laughs> I'm going to let you leave with this money. Right? Yeah. yeah. And t- Texas Tech, to their misfortune, they've been one of the most consistent 
football programs with some good basketball thrown in. Two bad beards now in Austin. Uh, they've been one of the most consistent programs up until things fell apart with Tuberville, Kingsbury, and of course now Matt Wells. Before that, you could you could set your watch to Texas Tech having a winning record and going to a bowl. Yeah, and I mean, well, held the, the bet the best time in their program's history was Mike Leach in those ten years. No question. And unfortunately, the Pac-12 and these other suitors have caught Texas Tech in a transitional period. Yeah, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're they're wearing that UC Santa Cruz banana slugs T-shirt and they're wearing board shorts, <laughs> right? And they're supposed to be hitmen. And what, what you need is the Pac-12 to look past that and look at that potential of that Tech alumni base, which is not insignificant, and the fact that there is a real pride and a real uh, effort behind Texas Tech athletics, even when it's not hitting. Yeah. So same could be said for Oklahoma State. I think that's what the Pac-12 has to have, is a, have a real come-to-Jesus meeting about their academic standards, their snootiness. Uh, and, and also, look, if you don't get the demographics quite delivered by Texas Tech— what you do deliver are television sets and the possibility of if your boy, the three-star recruit, and there's a lot of good three-star recruits in Texas, right? Yep. If your boy can be on TV where he's from, that's a big deal. Yeah. And you he, can go play. He's on Cal. the he's on the TV. He's on the TV, and yeah, he can go play for Washington State. That sounds <laughs> nice. So, I think that is a underreported part of this. And look. Texas is the second largest state in the country. It's separating from New York. It's already well separated from New York State. It's ahead of Florida. Uh, look, this new SEC, Kevin, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina. I mean, all of this demography. And yes, I understand North Carolina is truly ACC country. Look at the broadcasts. Right. Look at the ratings. They watch more SEC football than ACC. Yeah. But these are the – Tennessee, these are the most growing states in the country, and their economies are flourishing. People are fleeing there for a number of reasons. That's just the reality. And if you want to bet in the future, you want to bet on the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, it just – it's – the SEC was already dominant on the field. They're already dominant in mind share. Now they're going to be demographically dominant. Yep. All right, so let's wrap this up uh, in terms of just the other schools and then get into more Texas and kind of what they're going to be dealing with in the SEC. So you, you're with me. You could see the Pac-12. They have to get over the snootiness, as we talked about, but taking Oklahoma State, I, I'm telling you, man, it wouldn't shock me. It, it wouldn't shock me, actually, if they said, we're going to take Tech, TCU, and Baylor. Wow. I'm telling you, there's going to be some knee-jerk reaction. There's only so much left. Baylor and TCU, if they get left out, I could see that as well. I keep on hearing about the Iowa State. Um, I keep on hearing about the Iowa State to the Big Ten, which just makes me laugh. Is Kansas State the one school that you just don't see going anywhere? They're in trouble, and but I would argue they might have a better argument than Baylor. They're not perceived as toxic. And at least their fan base, like a Texas Tech, like Oklahoma State, it's it's active, it's fervent. It's just, it's the second school in Kansas. I mean, you'd rather be the fourth school in Texas than the second school in Kansas, right? Yeah. Oh, no doubt. So that's the problem. They're just, you just stack them up against the other state schools of the Big 12 that aren't Texas and OU or Kansas. And they're just not as, they're just not as appealing. 
they're just not as appealing. They're, I mean, in terms of facilities, demographics, wealth, living alumni, all that stuff. I'd, I'd rather have Texas Tech. I'd rather have Oklahoma State. I'd rather have Iowa State. Yeah. I really would. Yeah. That's going to be weird how this plays out. But I do understand what, what you've talked about, which is, hey, to, to make this transition as smooth as possible, go ahead and hope hope that there are soft landing spots so it makes the divorce a little bit easier. And I'm not worried about Texas and the whole money thing. I mean, hell, ESPN, it, it, this is also, it's funny, you get, you know, strange bedfellows, but ESPN has been wanting this forever. They get nothing out of the Longhorn Network. They've got no problem meeting in the middle and giving a very agreeable number to Texas, who doesn't need it anyway. No question. And then when this thing really goes up for bid with the Amazons, the Netflixes, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let me um, bring something up, which is news and which is breaking. Maybe we shouldn't have buried the lead, but hopefully you've made it this far in the podcast. And now you're going to get a reward. You're going to get a little, a little Easter egg. Kevin and I may have not have known about the SEC move, but there is one thing we do know about right now. And that is NIL. There are some log jams at the University of Texas at the compliance level for NIL. We are not speculating about that. No, we know. Is that correct, Kevin? Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, and this is where – so Texas has been very proactive with this, probably not as proactive as you want. As you talk about 2011, you would have made the move. Completely understand that in 2021. Texas has been proactive to some degree with the name, image, and likeness. From my understanding – I know this. They the compliance they need to loosen up a little bit, and I don't want to see Texas get behind the eight ball too much. So there are schools like Clemson that are pretty much saying, you know what, go do what you do. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. Texas still is pussyfooting around, and I do think that they're gonna very quickly they're gonna be behind and they're gonna be lost. If they don't just open some stuff up compliance, I understand that this is a weird situation for them. And one of the things I love about our university is that they are adults and they are responsible and they try and be, be disciplined with stuff, but also they can be that person that misses out on experiences because they're a little mm -hmm. too cautious. Is that fair? Th that is very fair. That's a great point. Here's the deal. The guys like CDC, Eltif, uh, Hartzell, they want Texas to succeed. You, know, yeah. you remember those, you know, those stupid, like us weekly magazines. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a little section. I know you have a subscription. Wow. There's a little, I was in them. I was in them back in the like, day. How dare you? Uh, well, I used to grab them from women I date and, and of course like go off on riffs, mocking them and make them yeah. laugh. Right. So, th so that was always, so any, anytime I've lived with, uh, women, some of my uh, previous girlfriends, they would always have that, and I would go, you know, take a shit and grab it and mock it, and then I realize I just read half this thing. So, yeah, exactly. Well, Who am I mocking, you hypocrite? Exactly. Well, there is always a section in those magazines which is basically like, stars are just like us, right? And it's pictures of stars with a Starbucks coffee or walking their dog yeah. or getting a parking ticket or whatever, right? I'm telling you, the guys in charge of UT now are just like us. They want to win. They see that they want Texas to win academically. They want Texas to win on the field. They understand the two can fuel each other and not detract from each other. 
and they want Texas to kick ass, and they want it to be fun, they want everyone to be proud, and they want to have a great time doing it. They see it just like us, and that's why we're going to the SEC. Here's what the problem is. When you reach the mid-level bureaucracy at Belmont, they are not just like us. No. They have been trained for 30 to 40 years that you say no to everything. Yes. Because that's the best way to ensure you don't get fired, exposed, or put in trouble. Or sued. And I'm, or sued. And I'm telling you, unless that middle civic entrenched bureaucracy at Belmont and the University of Texas gets shaken up and is told, hey, you're going to get fired, you're going to get exposed, you're going to get an early exit if you don't start figuring out ways for Texas to play ball within the constructs of NIL instead of this default no. And that is the challenge for Texas. That is the challenge for Texas leadership. So if you're a fan and you're criticizing Hartzell and all these guys and saying, why aren't they on the board or CDC? Why aren't they getting NIL going? I don't think they fully yet understand the degree to which that is being stymied and the degree to which Texas athletes and recruits are getting messages both discreet and specific saying you're going to maximize a lot better at LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma, or Clemson than Texas. And we better fix that quick. Well said. And Paul and I are not bullshitting with that. Um, we've got tangible evidence. And so, yeah, and, and it actually kind of leads me to one of the things that I've always been worried about with Texas in the SEC is if you're going to go, go. 2002, Major and I were doing the, you know, we're both just out of college and we do that radio show as I'm doing the afternoon show. But we did a show at noon, one hour show. And it was a lot of fun, man. I still have people, people come up to me like, oh, I, I love that show. I'm like, we did it for like four months. And definitely the power of Major. And we went to multiple games. And he was, you know, very connected with Alabama even then. He grew up loving Alabama. His dad had a lot of connections with Alabama. So we went to three Alabama games, including Alabama at LSU. Saban's a coach at LSU. And there were big wigs and big money donors for Alabama. who They were on probation at that point because they're Alabama. They've always been on probation. They're like Kentucky basketball. You, they're number one all time, but, you know, there's only so much. I respect it, but I'm also going to be real and say you've cheated your ass off and done anything you could with no morals, no ethics, to win at all cost for a century. So let's put that in the story, too. I'm talking to these guys. I couldn't believe how open they were about everything. And I said, so, you know, you guys going to be able to get back to what you've done forever? And got, you know, a couple guys kind of look at me and laugh. And this is a tailgate for the game. And they said, you know, we've perfected it. We've got a 401k plan, which I know you know as well, if not better than I do which they have perfected, and they use lawyers. So they, they have found ways to cheat, even with name, image, and likeness. There's always going to be a black market, and just like with anything. I mean, Rod brought up a great point. They're still selling illegal weed in Colorado, right? There's always going to be a black market, even though essentially it is now legalized to pay players with name, image, and likeness to woo them to your school and that is kind of one of your selling points if texas is going to go you better effing go and that's where i worry about what you just talked about still kind of the pussyfooting about stuff 
That is how Texas could be really embarrassed in this conference. If you're going to join the SEC, head first, head last. You better go. That's my biggest worry, knowing these people and knowing what kind of culture they have there. Well said, and I will say this. NIL, as crazy a new world as it's going to open, and by the way, the bigger issues with NIL we haven't yet encountered and it will be the primary issue of NIL, is how do you coach a 19-year-old with $2 million in his bank? Better have a good money manager. Well, and not just that. You're talking about a, a person without any social, intellectual, or experiential capital with which to manage their emotions, yeah. with which to manage their focus, and not understanding that their performance on the field at that university is what's allowing all these opportunities, right? Yep. And so you're going to see guys more focused on their Instagram and Twitter followers. Heck, that already is the case, and that's yeah. just likes. Exactly. Imagine when each of those likes is associated with, with, with you know, Dollar $31 on yeah. CPM or whatever it is. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. But the the real challenge of NIL and, and, the, and the positive of NIL is it gets rid of the more seem, uh, unseemly aspects or it minimizes some of the more unseemly aspects of recruiting, putting a bunch of cash in McDonald's bags, routing a big payout through a church pastor, you know, all that nonsense, right? Yeah. Having street agents uh, seduce a recruit's mom and sell, sell the recruit to the highest bidder. It won't happen uh, at the same level, but that's still going to happen, and that's my point. And th- it will it, still happen. And that is the SEC is, my whole life, our whole life, dude. That's what it, they it, do. It will still happen, and it, you know, it's just reality. There's always going to be a market. The point is Texas can participate in legitimate payoffs if we'll pull our heads out of our asses with regards to NIL. Right, uh, but I still think if they want to compete in that conference, they're going to have to not only do that, they're going to have to, they're going to, have to get dirty. So I disagree. Dirt, dirt, dirtier than they have been because Texas, I don't want that to come off as – me being thinking that Texas doesn't cheat. But if also, if you think that the average school in the other four conferences, so not Ohio State, not Clemson, they're cheating their ass off, not Bobby Bowden in Florida State, not the U. I mean, look, there have been other schools and programs, I'm well aware, outside of the SEC. But the SEC, you have to do that just to breathe and survive. What about Vanderbilt? No, listen, (laughs) I I think (laughs) – I do think, by the way, I, I had a buddy in high school who was recruited by Vanderbilt, and they uh, they gave him $500 and took him to a titty bar. So, <laughs> yeah, you make a good point. Uh, but here's the truth, man. The money in NIL so dwarfs the little nonsense $100 alumni handshakes that will that still occur at Mississippi State? Sure. I mean – could that occur at Texas because there's some dork who wants to be a jock sniffer and feel like he's part of the football program? Whatever. My point is there's legitimate ways to pay players off. And I think Texas should focus their energies there. We don't have to put $5,000 in a McDonald's bag. Yeah. No. Uh, you don't have to do that to compete in the SEC. You don't. Uh, um, but I, I... – <laughs> I just feel like people see name, image, and likeness, and it is going to alleviate a lot of the bullshit you talked about earlier. But it's all you're always going to try and find an edge with what is already legal. And so this is legal now. There's still going to be stuff behind that just to try and get that advantage. 
I don't deny it. And we can't control every Texas alumni on the planet, right? My point is there's ways for Texas to legitimately cheat. <laughs> right. Okay? I got you. I got you. Okay. I mean, so I can't spell it out any more than that. And we need to get the bureaucracy on board because we will be left behind if we don't get on board with what LSU, Alabama, Florida, all these different schools are going to do. And it's the new reality of college football. And it's going to come with some very negative effects. You're going to have some guys who fizzle out before they even start at age 18 or 19 because they can't handle it. Yeah. And really, it's going to just become a numbers churn game of, of trying to figure out the guys who can handle those payoffs in college and still focus on the football product. So something that hits all ages, all races, everything, I mean, it, it runs the gamut, is most people that win the lottery, they end up losing that. Because it, it just, it, and that doesn't matter what age, so what religion, like I said, I mean, it, it could be anything. There's not one specific group that you go, well, they don't handle money well. People don't handle money well. Now we're talking about 18-year-olds, to get back to your point. Uh, look, Bryce, uh, Bryce Young already has... Saban came out and said this, and I like how he made sure he said it to to get a little recruiting love after Malachi Nelson ends up uh, picking Oklahoma. A day later, he's he's saying, yeah, you know, uh, our quarterback hadn't played a game yet, and he's close to seven figures. Like, most people don't deal with that stuff well. At 18, I mean, I, getting back to your point, this is going to be a challenge just to keep these kids focused. Yeah, I'm allegedly successful, and I, I still get delighted if I find $20 on the street. Yeah, yeah, same I, way. I'm on cloud nine. I'm yeah. cocky, and, and my, my shoulders go back a little more. <laughs> like, you know. Right. Uh, imagine, I mean, you and I have fairly level heads. Imagine us at 18 or 19 oh, with a million God. five in the bank. Jesus, dude, are you kidding me? Ooh, lordy. Yeah. Um, right. No, the, the, the whole thing's going to be crazy. What else? What else? We're almost at an hour. What else have we missed here? I mean, what do you want to hit? And we're obviously, you know, Paul and I may end up cranking out another one. We'll see how uh, this week. We'll see how all this stuff plays out. But um, I'm glad we were able to do the emergency. How do, how do you want to end this? Uh, what have we not hit? I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's so many angles to hit, but I think we hit the main ones. I, I do think ultimately I'm excited about this move. Yes, there are some downsides. There are some things that Texas needs to get. Uh, up to par or at least get on the same page at every level and ultimately I think iron sharpens iron I really do mm -hmm. and and I understand people there are people who are like a little trepidatious about this or or worried or they're the people that used to say well you know mathematically the big 12 is the best way to get in the playoffs if we ever get our act together hey it missed the point that all missed the point Texas is at its best when Texas is challenged I've said that forever yeah and it's just, it's just as true as if I told you the law of gravity exists. It just is how it is. When Texas challenges itself, when Texas feels real fear and insecurity, Texas can move mountains. Yeah. When Texas is smug and complacent and self-satisfied, I want to throttle the university around its neck and choke it out because it's so frustrating to see that fat, smug school going five and four in the Big 12 and cashing their checks. Agreed, and I agree with that, uh, just to hold multiple ideas in our head, as we talked about earlier. I, I also I also think that, that there are some advantages to being Ohio State or Clemson, and we talked about it. Now, Ohio State didn't, get in, didn't win a national championship in 2014 if they're in the SEC. 
because they don't sneak in as a four seed and they got their shit together and their act together. And that was a really good football team. So I, you know, I'm not as sold as you are that that's not the route to go. Cause I think that is a route. And that is something I would have looked at with the ACC and Texas. I think there are two things that made this made Texas be able to swallow this and say, you know what, this is the time to go. You've got a 12 team playoff now. So yep. what I just mentioned right there of, Hey, you just you're only four teams. How do you get in? I, I think that that makes going to the SEC and being able to lose two or three games a lot easier to look at and say there's still a path there. And then name, image, and likeness. Because the reality is, and one of the things I hate about this profession, no one's talked about cheating with the SEC. It's like, Jesus Christ, is everyone bought off? And I'm talking about media members here. We talk about it. And with name, image, and likeness, what we just talked about earlier, I think with Texas, they think there is. Because if you were going to go, you were going to have to go. And before name, image, and likeness, Texas didn't want to have to cheat at that level. And Texas does cheat, but they don't cheat at that level. Name, image, and likeness, I think, balances that out a little bit. And to go with the 12-team playoff, I think that made going to the SEC a lot easier for Texas. Yeah, and I'll add one. It exactly dovetails with the 12-man playoff and the perceptual dominance of the SEC. And that is this. College football used to be boxing, and now it's MMA. Hmm. And here's what I mean by that. In boxing, you used to cultivate the record of your young, promising fighter by only fighting very carefully selected opponents. Tomato cans right. is what they call them. Yep. And then as you build them up slowly, 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 you find that old, old veteran has been with name who's on his downslope. And then he fights him, and then he knocks him out. And everyone goes, oh, he beat blah, 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 forgetting the fact that blah, blah, blah is at 70%, right? right? And you slow Jerry, this up. Jerry Cooney, right? There you go. You slowly build this guy up, and you build him up, and you build him up. And what do you want to not do more than anything? Get that loss. Right. Get that one blemish on the record. You need that blank and O, 31 and O, 21 and O, whatever it is. You need the O or else you're not going to get the big payday, the big title fight. That used to be college football. College football has changed to MMA. Kevin, in MMA, you don't pick your fights. They pick them you for you. You get the fights picked for you. Yeah. And by the time you show that you can fight, you're fighting the best of the best every time you fight. And you know what that trained MMA and UFC fans to do? It trained them to understand that when two really good fighters fight, one of them will lose, and it doesn't mean the other guy sucks. And that's what the SEC has trained everyone to think. And when they add Texas and Oklahoma, it's the coup de grace, which yeah. is we're all going to play each other, and a two-loss SEC team is better than an undefeated Pac-12 team. It's better than an undefeated Notre Dame if they have a weak season for conference scheduling, just because of how it falls. Yeah. It's going to dominate the mindset and shift that blank and zero. That's what gets you in the playoffs. No, it's going to be strength of schedule. It's going to be murderer's row. And it's going to be saying the SEC only plays the only viable football. Hell, the playoffs should be six SEC teams and six others. Well said, man. This is fun. Um, I'm down for it. 
It'll be fun to follow it, cover it, root for it. I am never going to chant that, though. You do know that. If anyone chants SEC, SEC, <laughs> you have me and Kevin's full permission. I don't mean to speak for you, Kevin. No, you speak me for me. Kevin's, you have our full permission to punch that person in the nads. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just make sure you're not sucking on the teat. All right, y'all. We'll talk to y'all later. Paul, we are so lucky with our sponsors and the family we've created here. And one of those guys we love is David McClellan. He's helped out all of our listeners and people in the EGAT family. And he's given free consultations. Look, he's a fiduciary financial advisor from Forum Financial. He's kind of seen every part of this business. I always talk about my dad being in this business. And he said, look, if you see, if you have someone who's seen it from every side and then has been a financial consultant, fiduciary, meaning he's legally obligated to work in your best interest, then they're just going to know certain things. They're going to know how this whole world works and that world works. And that's where David comes into play. Free consultations for all of our listeners. Give him a call and see how he can help you out. He can help build your wealth. No question about that. Building your wealth, to me, that equals financial freedom. Yep. Find out that financial freedom number with David McClellan. Give him a call. Where at? Uh, 312-933-8823, 312-933-8823. You can email him. He'll get back to you right away. It's dmcclellan at formfin, F-I-N, dot com. It's a free consultation. Give David a call.